Well, it's good to be with you all. Uh, got a lot of fond memories in this, this gymnasium. And I want to thank Father Jared for the opportunity to preach, thank the faculty administration. They said I have to keep it under an hour, so I'm going to do my best. I love St. Peter. That's why I chose this. This Mass I'm doing is a a Mass of vocations. So the the Mass to inspire vocations in the hearts of young men and women. And one of the options is St. Peter's call. And I love him because he's a man's man. Right? He's a a fisherman, a blue-collar worker. When I think of St. Peter, I don't know what you guys think of. When I think of St. Peter, I think of a truck driving, beer drinking, man's man who watches football. I really think of that. I mean, he didn't watch football back then, but he would if he was alive right now. And so, in addition to this, we know what he does for work. We know he's a fisherman, so we know he is a blue-collar worker. One of Jesus' first miracles is that he cures Peter's mother-in-law. So we know that he's married as well. <clears throat> so roughly some 2,000 years ago, right? There's a man's man staying on the shores of Galilee, and he's mad. He's worked hard all night, and he's caught nothing. He's mad. And we know that Peter was a good fisherman. So for him to come home with nothing, that's not normal. And as he's washing his nets, he sees this man and this large crowd coming towards him. And what happens? Right as he's packing up the last of his things, this guy just gets into his boat. Now imagine what this would be like. Try to put yourself in the position of Peter. You're pissed off because you've you've fished all night, you've caught nothing, you got to go home and tell your wife you're a loser. Then, on top of that, you've just packed everything up, you turn around, and there's a guy sitting in your boat. I'd be like, get the heck out of my boat! But what does he do? He says, he says to Peter, put out into the water. Put out into the water. And Peter, for some reason, we don't know why, but he listens. And he puts out a ways and he listens to Jesus teach. And at a certain moment, Jesus turns to Peter and he says, Peter, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Now again, if I'm saying Peter, I'm like, listen, buddy, I didn't tell you how to preach. Don't tell me how to fish. Okay? We don't fish during the daylight because fish can see the nets. We only fish at night. And second of all, you don't catch fish in deep water. You only catch them in the shallows. And he says, but at your word, master, I will let down the nets. Almost kind of joking, right? <clears throat> okay, you're the master fisherman. And he throws out the nets and all of a sudden, there's this massive catch of fish. So big that the nets are tearing. So big that the boats are like ripped to the side, almost flipping. And at that moment, Peter looks back at Jesus. And I got to think that the Lord is sitting there kind of (laughs) smiling, right? Having a good time. And Peter realizes in that moment, this is not natural. This is supernatural. And so what does he do? This is the call of Peter, you guys. The first pope, the prince of the apostles. What does he do? He falls to his knees. He says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. At the first movement where Jesus wants to make him great, he looks at himself and says, I'm too weak. I couldn't possibly do this, Lord. Whatever you're asking of me, I couldn't possibly do it. And I love how Jesus, like, he just shoots right through that. I remember my own vocation. I don't know about Father Jared. My own vocation, there were so many times that I felt the Lord calling me to be a priest. And listen, for the record, the last thing in high school that I wanted to be was a priest. Okay? Just so we're clear about that. 
The last thing I wanted to be in college was a priest. But it kept coming to me. The Lord kept coming. The call kept coming. I couldn't stop thinking about it. No matter how much I pushed it away, it just kept coming. And every time it came, I said, no, Lord, I'm too weak. I'm too sinful. I'm an idiot. I couldn't possibly do that. Instead of looking at the gift that was being offered to me, to bring God to the human race. And I love what Jesus says. He looks at Peter and he says, he doesn't even listen to him. He just says, okay, great. Listen, you're going to come with me now, and we're going to go change the world. And it says that Peter left everything. His whole fishing business. And he followed Jesus. Now here's the question I have for you guys. Your guys' whole rock theme this year is, who do you say that I am? Right? Isn't that right? Okay, I just want to make sure. I saw the sign. I think that's what it says. Who do you say that I am? The question I have for you is, what kind of man must Jesus have been? What kind of man has the audacity to walk up to a man's man, blue collar, truck driving, beer drinking, football player, and say to him, everything you want in life, I can get it for you. You just follow me. What kind of man does that? Imagine if I came up to any one of you in the halls and I'm like, hey, everything you're looking for in life, I got it. Just do what I say, follow me. You'd think I'm crazy. Imagine what a life, because I don't know what's happened. Somehow we've domesticated the Lord. We've made it boring. So who do you say that he is? That's the question. Because that, that question, that changes everything. Do you say he's God? Well, then you better start following him. Or have you made him just into sign up? What I call him, I call him the get in here Jesus. Or hippie Jesus. Maybe he's just this good guy, right? He was nice. And no matter what you do, he's just going to be like, okay, come on, let's have a hug. Right? At the end of your life. Like, I know you were a crack dealer. Come on. Come on, hug it up. Get in here. I know you were a murderer and you were an adulterer, but get you get in here. Like, if that's your image of the Lord, you are sadly mistaken. I mean, the Lord loves his people, but he hates sin. And he wants it out of your life. Because he knows that it diminishes your life. It doesn't build your life up. What? Just, just imagine one day, just one day in the life of Jesus Christ. I mean, Peter, Andrew, James, John, they couldn't get enough of this guy. He's freaking walking on water. He's multiplying fish and bread. Because he wanted to. He's healing people, cripples, blind people. One of my favorite stories, I guess, you know, if you know, you know, remember the blind, maybe you don't, but there's a, there's, a, there's a blind guy, right, in the Gospel of John, and the blind guy, he comes to Jesus, and he's like, I want to see, and, uh, and Jesus spits on the ground, remember that, and he, make, and he makes mud, and he, I mean, imagine that, right, I'm, like, I'm blind, I didn't want to see you to spit in my face, right, and he makes this clay, and he smashes it on his eyes, and he says, go wash. And for the next chapter of John's Gospel, they freak out about this miracle. Why? Because what they think is it says this man was born blind. And that word also has the connotation that says he was born without eyes. So when Jesus is like taking that clay and making that spit, and what's he doing? 
He's making little round balls, stuffing them in the eye sockets, and when he washes his eyes, he has eyeballs. Now that's a problem. It's one thing for a blind man to see. It's a whole different thing for a man that didn't have eyes to come back with eyes. And that's why the Pharisees freak out about it. What else does he do? He raises the dead. Imagine that. I mean, I'm trying to be Lazarus. You're dead four days. And all of a sudden you come back to life. You're like, what the heck, man? Like, now I gotta die again. That stinks. I mean, the driving out of demons, the healing of the cripples. You gotta think at the end of the day, like, they're sitting around the campfire and be like, what the heck is he gonna do tomorrow? And then he raises himself from the dead. This is the true Jesus. I know him. He's wild, unpredictable, exciting. But we get so swept up into the, concept, the, the, the ideologies of the world. We want to be famous. We want to be rich. Never understand why. Those people are always the most miserable. So do you know him? Who do you say that he is? Because he is calling each one of you in this gym today to a specific vocation, just as he called St. Peter. I don't think that St. Peter ever dreamed of what Jesus was going to do with him. I just got back from Rome. Some of you have been, some of you, God willing, will go. And you see St. Peter's Basilica. And you think about this little blue-collar worker on the shores of Galilee becomes the prince of the apostles, the first pope, the founder of the church, a great martyr. Never, never in his wildest dreams could Peter have imagined what the Lord was going to do with his life when he just said yes. and gave him a chance. He felt totally inadequate, totally unqualified, but he gave God a shot. And so I'm going to ask you to do two things, you guys. Two things. <clears throat> the first is this. Give him 10 minutes of prayer each day. 10 minutes. You guys waste so much time, and I know that because I do too. 10 minutes in the chapel, in the morning, and read the Gospels and find out who he really is. And in that 10 minutes, I want you to say, Jesus, what do you want me to do with my life? That's it. You do those two things, and I promise you, you will follow the Lord's will. Ten minutes, reading the scriptures, Jesus, what do you want me to do with my life? The Lord wants to lead you just as he led Peter, but will you let him? Peter could have kicked the Lord out of his boat and went home frustrated, unfulfilled, but he didn't. He let the Lord into his life. God made him the first pope, the prince of the apostles, a great saint. If he can do that with a simple fisherman from Galilee, think about what he can do with you.